Have you ever gotten the inspiration to do something completely outside the norm? Well, today's guest, Christine Closer, sharing how growing up, she never really felt like her voice matters. Maybe you can resonate with that. And then she decided after college to take this trip across the country to San Diego when she didn't know anybody there, she didn't have a job, and she enrolled a couple of friends to even go with her. And that was the beginning of her journey to finding herself where now she helps authors to share their voice and their message and to live a powerful life. Join us to find out more. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. So let show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, the great mystery beyond the veil, those synchronistic moments that lead us preciously to a realization, to an understanding, an awakening, a new direction, a new choice, a new path, a new way of breathing and being in the world. And I love these conversations. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I just love my life since I woke up and things became colorful again. It's like that moment where in the Wizard of Oz, where it's so dark and it's so black and white and the mundane existence, and then the door opens and the color starts and the passion and the intensity and, and you really feel everything and you sensing it and knowing it and interacting with this divinity that is right here in every single moment, even in our bodies. It's all over the place and just getting that connection and the ongoing conversation with the divine. And this is what I call soul nectar is living in that technicolor way of living out of the mundane life. And I just invite you to it every single week and hope that you catch a whiff, a glimpse of remembrance and that you awaken this within yourself so that we can all be experiencing so much more joy on the planet than maybe we do up until now. And even joy through the pain, you know, like stuff's going on. We're not going to step over it and spiritual bypass it, but we can definitely enjoy every single moment for the beauty that it has to offer us right here, right now. Now, today's guest is going to help you get some insights into getting your message into the world. What's your passionate message? What's your big feeling and profound realization that's in your heart that you've been awakening to this journey that you've been on. It's so precious and potent and that mixture of pain and pleasure. What's that story for you that you want to get out into the world? Because Christine Closer is potentially a person to help you do that. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So Christine is a transformational author coach. USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author and an award-winning publisher who helps successful professionals, experts, and leaders fulfill their calling to write and publish a book that transforms lives in a powerful and permanent way, starting with their own. She's the founder of the Get Your Book Done program, creator of the Transformational Author Experience with trainings that have impacted 90,000 people in 127 countries. 
Christine has been featured in the New York Times, Entrepreneur Magazine, Los Angeles Times, and Fox, and has shared or hosted stages with the biggest names in the transformational author world like Neil, Donald Walsh, Marianne Williamson, Seth Godin, Gay Hendricks, and Lisa Nichols, plus more. I love Lisa Nichols' books. Gosh, that was one of the books that got me started with the house metaphor and the attic and then the basement and all that. I was like, yes, this makes so much sense. And of course, Gay Hendricks, I love all these people, Marianne Williamson, so beautiful. What a beautiful life that you get to interact with these cool people and help spread their messages. So tell us more about how you got started on this path yourself. Well, it's which version do you want? The longer one or the shorter one? Because I really feel like this path started in helping people really share their message and shine their light in the world by initially growing up in a household where I was very much loved and provided for by my parents on the like physical material realm. But I never really felt like my voice mattered or that I even had a voice for many, many, many years. So when it came time for college graduation and, you know, I was doing all these interviews on campus and I had to put on pantyhose and patent leather, kitten heel, little pumps and a double breasted skirt suit and all that malarkey. Um, I was just like, I can't do this. Like whatever this life is, I can't do that life. So instead I was a pretty good enroller back then because I enrolled two of my girlfriends to hop in a car after we graduated and drive 3000 miles away to San Diego where none of us had ever been, didn't have jobs, didn't know anybody, nothing, just clean slate. And I really think that that's where my path got started because that was like my higher self. Certainly it wasn't a conscious decision that I was, you know, setting forth on my own path. I was like, Hey, let's do this. It sounds like fun. But my higher self knew um, that I needed to get out of New England. I needed to get out of like a career in banking or insurance because, you know, in West Harbor, Connecticut, where I grew up and, you know, like that's what you did. You went into banking or insurance and just my higher self knew. So that journey cross country way back when, um, don't want to date myself too much, <laughs> uh, but way <laughs> back when, a long time ago, um, that set me on a path to discovering um, entrepreneurship, starting my first business, having my first business lead into my second business and my second business lead into my third business. And I just kept saying yes to what was showing up on the path. And here I am, you know, 16 years after helping entrepreneurs, you know, and successful professionals and leaders and visionaries share their message on the pages of a book. And 30 years, this is the 30 year anniversary of the first year I ever started my business back in 1991. So that's sort of like the long, short version of how I guess that on my path. That's awesome. So did you graduate college in 1991 or did you? No, I graduated college in 88. 88. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I initially started the first business in 1991. I worked some temp jobs. Like I had, I had a couple years there of being like employed. Um, but once I started my own business in 1991, it was actually in the fitness industry. I was a yoga instructor and personal fitness trainer for a number of years. I owned, owned couple of studios in Los Angeles. So I started with that in 1991. And ever since I've been definitely certifiably unemployable. <laughs> yeah, I got you there, sister. I really understand that. A similar pattern, you know, a few years of working for corporate America and in high tech in Silicon Valley, and then going, how am I going to keep doing this? I can't stand it. I need to get out of this place. The fluorescent lights, the enclosed spaces, the, you know, the mundane, you know, really these these meetings that stretch on forever. So a lot of people live that way and maybe don't realize that there's other ways to live 
and that there's a greater calling. It's sort of hard to find that greater calling when you feel so suppressed by the mundane aspects of your life. I keep using that word just because it's really resonant for me today. Like that word is just, that was like how I lived. And then there's something beautiful that woke up, like this passionate side, this purposeful side, this heart-based side. Talk about like you, you came in pretty quick to that. You didn't take you very long to realize like your path needed to be in your purpose and your passion. Yeah, it didn't take long. I mean, I think that part of me that knew when I was going to those on-campus interviews, I mean, now I was very asleep. Like I wasn't one of those kids who grew up feeling really connected to the spiritual realms and collect connected to higher self or intuition. Like I was asleep, just really going through the motions. But yeah, that journey cross country in 1988, that changed everything. And like I said, I just kept saying yes and yes and yes and yes and yes. Like I didn't know any different really. I mean, it was like what I was 24, I guess, when I started my first business. And, you know, I look back now, I think, man, that is kind of pretty young to get it, you know, so soon. And it's, you know, it's been an incredible 30 year journey, but it was just a journey of saying yeses and, you know, experiencing great success and amazing ease and amazing challenges and, you know, what could be perceived as failure, but, you know, just a turning point that really moved me in a different direction I was supposed to be going in. And, you know, little by little, I continue. I mean, 30 years in, I still feel my passion continuing to kind of shift and evolve and expand and grow and unfold in new ways. Like every year brings a new awareness. Every year brings a new level of passion and never another year opens up to new possibilities. So yeah, it's been, it's been a very passionate journey. And I've, I've reinvented many times, you know, like I started out in the fitness industry and then I transitioned into, I ran a networking group for women entrepreneurs in Los Angeles. And then I was a business coach and then I got into book stuff, but book stuff was always on the side. And then I, you know, went deeper into like the whole business side of coaching and then I was like, actually, no. And, and in there, I was doing leading transformational retreats. I've been facilitating transformational events since 1997. So that's been in my cells for a long time, um, facilitating those live events. And like, it kind of came together in a really challenging moment where I realized, hmm, I'm meant to bring the world of authorship into the world of transformation and the world of transformation into the world of authorship and bring these two worlds together and create this new path called transformational authorship, which, you know, I did 10 years ago and I've been really riding that wave ever since. It's been amazing. So yeah, it's one turn, one step, one intuitive, like, ah, I need to do that um, at a time. And here we are. Yeah. I love that you said turning point because there's so many turning points in life. If one embraces life, I feel like there's the wild, which is life. And then there's like, man-made structures of safety and security, which is the mundane. So you can either kind of, you can have to pick your realm, like which one are you going to play in? Are you going to play in the safe man-made structures that keep everybody doing this predictable thing year after year after year after year? Or are you going to risk the wild? And the wild is calling you to make mistakes, right? The wild is calling you to shift and pivot and, and learn some juicy negative something over here. And then what? It doesn't succeed in the traditional sense, but there's a greater success inside that golden nugget of wisdom that you got from that experience that then perfectly transitions over to the next thing that you're supposed to learn and how all the pieces fit together. There is like a bigger design 
to the wild, but it requires us to let go of ourselves over and over and over and over again about our expectations and our security and what we think we're here to do and who we think we are and how are we going to pay the bills? And you know, like all of that, it requires us to be on edge of our seats. It does. It, it requires us to really live, right? Because I mean, as I said, there's turning point moments. You kind of picked up on the turning point moment. And really it depends on your lens. Like what lens are you looking at life through? Because you're, if you're looking at life through the lens of expansion and possibility and the universe being a friendly universe and believing that everything is always working for your highest good, even when it throws you like down on the ground violently, like on your knees. Like if you can look through the lens of this, even this, whatever this devastating pain is or, or you know, failure or whatever it is, this is also conspiring for my highest good. When you can look at things through that lens, you see possibility everywhere. But if you look through the lens of like that it's supposed to be a certain way and it's supposed to happen like this, and if it doesn't happen like that, then I'm a failure. And then there's a dead end instead of a turning point. You know, that lens will take you down every day. And I was just talking to my daughter about this because she, you know, she's finishing up her sophomore year, look, you know, beginning to think about college and, you know, what might be the right fit for her. And she's so sure that she wants to be an entrepreneur. Well, she knows nothing else, right? She like, she doesn't know a mom who gets up and goes to a job. She never has. So she wants to kind of forge her own path. And I was, I was explaining to her, I said, you know, a lot of people think that forging your own path is risky, but ask anyone who's ever walked in in the morning thinking they had a job and walked out a couple hours without a job. Like that to me is risky. Someone else determining whether I do or don't get a paycheck, like that to me is feels scary. I'd rather risk it, you know, any moment of every day to create what I want to create in my life and never be at the whim of someone else being like, oh, we're downsizing or, oh, whatever. Or, oh, COVID. Oh, that, you know, like all the things. I just really feel like the safe route is the route where you are really fulfilling your calling through a business that sustains you in the style that you want to be sustained. Um, to me, that's the safe bet. The risk is, you know, dying a slow death every day, doing something that drains you. Um, yeah, it can drain. And you know, some people, I will just say, you know, some people might say, well, I really like my full-time job and I really love this profession and I really, awesome. awesome. <laughs> but awesome. you're still an entrepreneur because from that mindset, you're still staying alive and fresh within yourself like finding positions and companies with missions that really open your heart. Like I want to do this. And then you love what you do. And so, yeah, you're dedicated. So you're, you're just like receiving payment in a different way, but you're still a life entrepreneur. So I guess that's the distinction I want to make is like, there's like people that think it's safe to go fall asleep all day long at a job and just get a paycheck and then come home. And I don't know. I mean, I did that for a while, not very long though. Cause I'm a little I like the wild. Like I really like this wild energy. Yes. I feel like we can be, even when I was working at corporate America and I was doing that in Silicon Valley, I was still an entrepreneur because I was looking for the other opportunities and the avenues that would lead me to the next company with the the next level of responsibility, the next level of money. Cause that's what I was after when I was young is like more money, more responsibility, more experience. And so I was like, okay, where can I go? And I was navigating my way through companies that way. Until I just said, you know what? I've gotten enough now. I can go on my own. I can become my own. Oh, you got a little kitty there. I see. Squeaker <laughs> just joined us. Squeaker <laughs> joined. If it becomes a distraction, let me know and yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll 
lock the door that I thought was already locked that he managed to get open. That's Sorry what cats that. do. They're, see, they're clever like that. This is perfect, yes. actually. It's a perfect entrance. It's like, you know, the cat is like that, right? The cat always finds a way in to, yeah. to the adventure and the mystery. Yeah. And it really is, I mean, like, I just think, you know, we've got 30, I think 30 or so people on the team now between the two companies and possibly a third one starting up. And it's like, you know, every time I'm talking to anyone on my team, it's like, I love my job. Like they love what they do here because they've got their wagon hitched to something that they believe in, to a leader who, you know, is committed to helping them grow and expand in their roles and feel the contribution that they make through what we do through these companies, you know, one to coach and consult and help people write transformational books. And then the other one is where we have an, I have an independent publishing company that helps people publish those transformational books. And from top to bottom, whether it's like my operations director or, you know, $4, $5 an hour person in the Philippines who's just helping send out emails through our, you know, online system, like top to bottom, everyone is grateful and excited and so fired up about their job and what they're doing. So absolutely. But if you're hitching your wagon to a path in your life that every day you wake up dreading might be an indicator that there's some inquiry to do around what might wild look like for me, right? Because everyone's wild looks a little bit different. It could be, you know, even making a horizontal move with inside the company or, you know, trying to make a vertical move or maybe, you know, moving to a different company or maybe getting the education to learn how to break on your own if you feel that you have that desire inside of you. So there's a lot, a lot of paths, but life is too short, I think, to not kind of live it in the wild. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking about your whole business is about publishing your message in a book. And that's another aspect I'm aware of. I have a couple of clients that work for big companies that monitor social media for their employees. So like you have no free space to express yourself really, because it might reflect on the company, right? If you're like in a a higher up position, something like that, there's like this way of what kind of freedom do you want to give yourself to express yourself, to have your your voice heard, to have your passions expressed? And, you know, I guess I'm on the outlier because I don't like anybody telling me what I can and can't say. Like that would mm-hmm. be a no-go for me to work for any company telling me to limit my speech. So that is a big aspect, I think, of, of any kind of person who feels called to, to write a book, right, is to be able to freely express their hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a lot of the coaching that I do with my authors. Like it's not so technical, like they all write books. I mean, this whole shelf behind me is all clients books that I've helped them write. If you can see that. And it's like, but the most like valuable coaching that I do is helping people really get to the point where they feel confident enough, safe enough and secure enough inside of themselves to say what they are here to say. You know, because sometimes they start out like, yeah, I want to write this book, but oh, I'm, you know, I can't put that in or I can't put that in or, oh, that feels really vulnerable. I can't put that in. And I work with them to help them really step forward and navigate the vulnerable places. Because when you can put out a book that sort of exposes some of that vulnerability and some of that truth of who you are, you literally set yourself free. And I know this from personal experience with a particular chapter that I wrote in one of my anthologies that, I mean, terrified me to no end to actually put out in the world. I was like, no one's ever going to want to work with me again. No one's you know, going to believe anything I say, whatever. Because I was, I was just being completely transparent, honest 
about the experience I went through building a half million dollar business that wasn't right for me and pulling the plug on everything and ending up um, filing for bankruptcy and foreclosing on my home within two years of being this successful entrepreneur, what have you. Like it was the most difficult. I felt filled with so much shame and embarrassment that here I was like a business coach helping people, you know, put soul in their business and money in their bank. And here I was losing everything. And I knew a lot of people who were going through the same thing, but no one was upfront about it. They were still just going along this road of teaching people how to, you know, make money when they themselves were going through this devastating loss of all of their financial security. And I was just like, I can't do that. But I also like, can't put my story out there. Like, this is so embarrassing. And I really thought it would be the end of my career. Like who would listen to me if they knew that, you know, I had this failure. And when I actually wrote the chapter called The Best Worst Time of My Life, because that's exactly what the time of my life was, and I put it out, I gave a preview to my um, subscribers before the book came out and published it. I sent it out and I dropped my head on the desk and sobbed because I felt so vulnerable, so exposed, like this was it. Either, you know, people are going to unsubscribe, unsubscribe, and I'm going to have to go get a job or... I'm going to be okay. And as you might tell, like I ended up okay. People started coming out of the woodworks, calling me and asking me for guidance because they were going through the same thing and they didn't tell their communities and how could they do that? And, but yeah, writing a book, I am telling you, it will free you from anything and everything that holds you back. If you're willing to write the book as a transformational tool, not only for your readers, but also for you. And there's not, I mean, as far as I know, there's really no one else out there kind of teaching it like I teach it, that the book is the vehicle um, and it's like the cherry on top at the end of the, who you become through the process. But it's a game changer if you do it the right way and you take it on from that transformational mindset, you will literally watch your life change and transform and shift and expand in front of your eyes. I love that. The journey of authorship. Yeah, that has definitely been my experience with writing my books. I mean, I love that you shared that bit about the bankruptcy because, you know, that to me, I see a lot of people go through that experience. And I know now on the other side that that's part of the awakening process. Like you have to lose your attachment to all material wealth and goods in order to embrace, like to prove yourself that you embrace a divine mission or whatever you're hearing calling in your heart. You've got to take that action above all consequences <laughs> materially. Yeah. And you, and it's fear, you have to lose your attachment to money in that negative sense, like in that small sense in order to progress on your path. So I see people go through that all the time. I certainly went through that myself. It's just part of the whole, it's one of the steps along the path for most people on this path. You got to awaken. Yeah. And awaken I did because it is, it was brutal, but that's why the name of the chapter that I wrote where I shared the story in my um, wave one of my Pebbles in the Pond series was the best worst time of my life. Because that like nothing describes what it was more than that. It was the worst time, you know, being sole income owner with a husband who was a stay-at-home dad, you know, with a young family with my daughter. She was just a couple of years old at the time. Like it was the worst time of my life to be losing our home and, you know, everything. But it was also the best time because it did. It woke me up to something different. And I actually, I was begging, like through that whole thing, the real awakening came from me begging, like call it praying, call it begging, call it bargaining, whatever. But like for 
hours a day for months. I was just like, show me, show me, show me. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? I know that you didn't bring me here to just have me like crawl under a rock for the rest of my life, even though I feel like doing that some days, but you got to show me what this is all about, why I'm here, what you want, how I'm being formed through this for your purpose. And that was in that darkest time where the union of transformational, you know, work that I've been doing and authorship came together. It came together in that darkness. And once I had the moment of clarity on like a shoestring budget, a $3 an hour team in India to do tech work, me staying up to four o'clock in the morning to work with them, to try to get pages and everything set up and together. I ran an event called the Transformational Author Experience. The first one I ran was in 2011. And like from the moment I had the idea to the moment of execution, it was 90 days. We did over six figures of revenue in that 90 days. We had 10,000 people sign up for the free training. And all of this was happening while I was like waiting to like any day now, my bankruptcy discharge papers were going to be coming in the mail. And they came in the mail. Like I was going through this. I had to move in the middle of this. Um, because we lost our home, but I was still pursuing the passion, still pursuing the purpose, still pursuing the path. And people are like, what? Like you ran that training for 10,000 people and made a hundred thousand dollars while, you know, they were knocking on your door with your discharge papers for your bankruptcy. And you were losing your home to foreclosure and had to go find a place to live that you could afford. Like, yeah. So it doesn't matter that I didn't have any money. You know, my dad gave me some money to just, you know, take care of the basics so I could eat and put gas in the car and keep my utilities on. But I really didn't have anything. I had my, you know, relationships that I had built in the industry over the years, but like it was so insignificant, this challenge that I was going through relative to the purpose that I was being asked to step into. And that like showed me so much. So much of like, really, like you don't have excuses. I mean, sure, you can have excuses. I can, I don't know. They make all kinds of excuses all day long. I mean, that's what people people do. I do too, you know? Yeah. But you got to go for the bigger thing. It's like uh, when I was called to become a healer, you know? And so all of a sudden, my LinkedIn network from Silicon Valley becomes a little interesting, right? Yeah. Because I'm changing my name to Carrie Hummingbird. I'm changing my, business to healer. I'm like posting a whole lot of new things on there that they've never seen before. And they're kind of going, she's lost her mind. She's <laughs> actually lost her mind. Now, I think a lot of my friends from Silicon Valley, they're, they kind of been following here and there and going, this is kind of cool, actually, you know? And they, they probably, the truth of the matter is, I've always been this. It's just that I was trying to clamp it down, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't, it's like an elephant in a china closet. Like you, it's hard to move around when you're, when you got a big personality and a lot of, a lot of energy, you know, you can't, you can't do this to yourself. Like nobody should do this to themselves. Everybody should just let it out, create some space, breathe. You know, if you're being called to do something that seems really weird and like, you're not going to get accepted. That's part of the journey. Like that's how you love yourself. Is because you say yes. You say yes to this thing that's going to like call you out as unique. You're going to say yes to this thing that's going to call you out to be not the way everybody else is being or maybe something you thought you had to be. 
you're going to get called out. And then when you do it, what happens? You get success like Christine's talking about here. Yeah, it is. It's pretty wild. And you have to be willing to iterate, right? Like yeah. I said, my first path, like it was, I was in the fitness industry. I started out as a personal fitness trainer that evolved into yoga. I was going to traveling to people's homes in Los Angeles. And then that evolved to brick and mortar. And then brick and mortar evolved to something called the Network for Empowering Women Entrepreneurs because like brick and mortar was like really killing me. Like I needed to meet other women and feel like I'm not the only one who struggles in their business. So I created this amazing network and Los Angeles, you know, that led to me doing some business coaching that led to me making an invitation for people to step into an anthology. I thought I'd do one anthology. I'd be done with it. And, you know, and it's like 40 women signed up right away. We did that anthology. Like it was an amazing experience. They all wanted to know when the next one was coming out. And then they wanted to know when I would help them write their own books. And it just kept iterating, iterating and iterating. And then it iterated into a whole second company to do independent book publishing because everything, not everything, there's some really great indie publishers out there, but a lot of them, they're just devastating authors um, with the experience they go through in the publishing. So it iterated into that. And like now, like I'm, you know, going out to a meeting pretty soon in San Diego that is going to be a conversation and a marketing meeting around launching a third company that is completely, has nothing to do with books and publishing or any of it. Um, that's in the consumer product space. So like there's like, even as we speak right now, there's there's something else iterating and evolving because like, if I just did what I'm doing right now, it would be amazing, but it would also not be expansive, right? Because like, I've been doing this for 16 years. I know it really well. I love it. I'm good at it. It's amazing. But I'm like, there's an expansion that's happening. So we'll see what happens with this third company. You know? Yeah, it's that, that willingness to keep expanding, growing, following the those little synchronistic connections yeah. and moments and just saying yes to it and saying, okay, well, I don't know this is going to lead me, but this sounds great. You can't sit in the one moment early in the journey and plan all that out. You know, yeah, and that's so the Lord, masculine no. mind wants to do that. I've tried that, like those ma- those marketing things where you sit down and you're like, you try to figure out like where your soul is guiding you. Like, yeah, good luck. Good luck, good luck with that. <laughs> it is so confusing. Like, I- I've tried that method, and it- you're just like banging your head against a brick wall. Like, I don't understand. I'm so confused. I can't because you're being blocked from that. That's not what. Just take the journey. Like, that's the wild side. The yeah. wild will lead you exactly where you need to go. If you do this other method, you're just like, you're going to fall short because you're going to think I just need an answer and you just make up an answer. And I always, I love this, um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, you can't see the whole staircase. You only see one step, right? And so I always tell people, if you see the whole staircase, that's your ego. (laughs) (laughs) If you can see the whole staircase, your ego made that plan. The only way to get the magic, like the real magic, I believe is to go into the wild and be led, which is, it's very vulnerable because it'll call you to do stuff you didn't think you'd ever do. Yes, it sure (laughs) as heck will. (laughs) But you have to take the first step. You know, you have to take the first step. So many people stay stuck in this place of like, but I don't know, it's not a sure path. Like, what about if this happens? What about if that happens? It's like, well, if that happens, then you'll either take a step this way or you'll take a step that way. You, you know, one of my favorite phrases, I heard it first from Michael Gerber. I don't know if it's his original or if he got it from somewhere else, but it's, you know, it says you can't steer a parked car. <laughs> and you can't. If you the can't. car isn't moving, you can't nudge it to the right or nudge it to the left or have it do a U-turn or have it go anywhere. 
It's just sitting there stagnant. And that's so many people with dreams and passions and messages and books and businesses inside of them that are just, you know, parallel parked on the side of the street because they're too scared to just get out. Because they want to have the whole plan. Right. But the second step doesn't reveal itself until you take the first one. You don't get a step two until you take step one. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, you just want to sprinkle magic fairy dust on everyone and have them get that. Like, just take the first step and the second one will show up. Take the second step and the third one will show up. If you can surrender into kind of living your life from that place, knowing it's going to twist and turn and be anything but a straight line, but the journey is going to be amazing. The experience is going to be amazing. And every step along the way, you're becoming more of you and becoming more aligned with your purpose, more aligned with your path, more aligned with your passion and what you're here to do. So step one is all it takes. Step one ain't easy if you're, you know, looking through a different lens. Yeah, exactly. If you're too afraid to fail, you know, it's not a failure. It's a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't consider my bankruptcy now a failure. It was one of the best things that happened to me. I needed it. Like my soul needed that experience to set my foot on a different path. Yeah. It made me not afraid anymore. Yeah. Because it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be horrid and like my whole life would be over. And, you know, like people talk about it that way. And I was like, wait a second, that was a, that was not that big a deal. It's okay. And I learned so much from it. And I, I learned a lot of things about myself that I didn't want to know. Like I was entitled, you know, and all of these things I was like, Ooh, so I gave me a chance to see that and clear it and become the person I really want to be. So Yep. Yeah. I was terrified of being seen as anything other than perfect. Yeah, right? me too. Like everything had to be just so. And it's like, this was the biggest imperfection that I could ever imagine so happening to me at the time. And it was like, yay. Like, so I go like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. I could just do me. I don't have to try to, you know, be with this person or that coach or what I see someone else being. Like, I can just be me in the marketplace. It's amazing. <laughs> that Such a works. And like, yeah. Yep. And then, and the proof is that, you know, you had all those signups, like without, it was graceful and easy. It was like, bam, once you align, it's like that. It's just easy. It just happens. Bam, bam, bam. But you just keep following the steps. I love that. Awesome. What a great conversation about the wild and synchronicity and following your heart and trusting yourself and being okay to fail, you know, whatever. So what, if you don't try, that's, I think that's really the failure is if you just stay stuck and don't do anything. Yeah. And it's what happens. And I think like that whole message is part of what I bring into the world of transformational authorship, because I mean, so many people out there like, oh yeah, I want to write a book. You know, I'm sure some of you listening right now are nodding your heads and being like, oh yeah, I want to write a book, but something has had you not step through that threshold to actually make the decision of like, yes, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm actually going to do it. Because once you decide you're doing it, like game over, then it's just a matter of like, okay, what do I need to do? Do, You know, do I follow Christine's system? How, you know, how am I going to get it published? All of the things you have to consider. But once you decide that's what's happening, that that's what's happening. But too often we do, we kind of sit in the holding pattern and we go around what I call the author's merry-go-round. It's like, I'm going to write a book. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to write a book. Okay, I'm going to start writing my book. And then I'm going to stop writing my book and I'm going to tell someone I'm going to write my book because that'll hold me accountable. And then I'm just going to hope that they don't ask me because I'm really not doing anything on it. Like that is exhausting. And whether it's the author's merry-go-round or it's any kind of 
treadmill that you're on where it's like, I'm going to, and you say you're going to, but then you don't, it's tiring, exhausting. And all of that energy that you spend getting on and off the flipping merry-go-round, you could be spent just creating the book or whatever it is that you want to create. So, you know, I, I work hard to try to get people just to step off that threshold into their yes. Because once we have that yes, like then we can do the work. Like then we know this book is going to happen. And it's awesome, but it's, you know, it's, I get it. It's scary. Yeah, but everything, everything that happens from the moment you start the book and you say yes to it is part of the book. You know, that's the other thing I love. It's all part of the book. And everything that happens is, it's not in the way, it is the way. So it's exactly, that's the thing I love. And it's magical because actually writing my books, that's what really opened my eyes to the divine and how it was operating through me, for me, through my intention. And everything was like, it's amazing the way that things would just come up. And, you know, like my first book and my, this last book, Love is Fierce, I didn't know the outline. I didn't know what was going to be in the book. I just knew there was a process and there was an end result. In the first one, it was awakening to me, one woman's self journey to self-love. So, okay, I'm done with the book when I love myself. Cool. I have no idea what the journey looks like here to there. Mm-hmm. And then this one was healing the mother wound. Love is Fierce, healing the mother wound. So when I've healed the mother wound, then I'll be done with the book. So I was like, cool. And, you know, and then everything that happened in between was part of the book. I guess I just realized that maybe that I just was able, like you were saying, like able to just realize that that's what was happening, that life was saying yes to me and guiding me on the path that I needed in order to, to write those books. So it all became part of the book. So if you want to work on yourself, what a great thing to do. Like It is so powerful. Yep. I say that writing a book is like, it's like the fast pass for personal transformation. It is. Um, and spiritual growth. It real and professional development because there's nothing else that says authority in this space, like being an author. And the process itself, like it elevates you into that position by the time the book is done, where you do, you feel like I've got this. You know, I am the living, breathing, walking, talking embodiment of this message because I've lived it through the process of writing it. And in fact, the very first question that I ask authors, like people come to me like, what's the very first thing I need to do to start my book? I'm like, ask yourself, what transformation do you want for yourself as a result of writing this book? Like, who do you want to become? How do you want to grow? What do you want to let go of? What do you want to heal? What do you want to embrace? How do you want to live? Right? Like, what transformation do you want for yourself through the process of writing this book? And when you start the book writing journey with that simple but powerful question, everything follows from there. And I've had countless authors who have gone through my program who have come back to that very first question after their book was done. And when they wrote it, when we worked on that piece together, they were they they wrote it, but they're like, you know, there's no way. Like, this is like everything I've wanted, you know, kind of in my essence for my entire life. And like, there's no way this is going to happen from writing a book across the board. I'm like, okay, now go back and look at that first question that I asked you. And not only have they experienced that, the answer to that question, like they've experienced their living, breathing embodiment of that transformation that they wanted. Every time there's even more than they imagined possible for themselves. 
you know, the confidence, it like exceeds what they could have ever imagined. The confidence being the clarity exceeds what they ever thought the clarity could be. The opportunities, you know, have come in that they didn't even know existed before that they weren't even in the realm of consciousness for those opportunities to come in for them to, you know, step into this part. So yeah, if you're going to write a book, the very first question to ask yourself is what transformation do I want for myself as a result of taking this journey? Such great advice. I love that. Yes. And I, I second it. That's exactly what's happened for me with all of my books. So you become the living, breathing embodiment of the transformation that you set out to have. And, you know, you become the teacher of yourself. So when you set the goal, you, the universe will teach you and you'll teach yourself. That's awesome. I love it. Sure is. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're switching out of like this whole idea that you need to go to school in order to get your greatest degree, your greatest worthwhile experience. It's like, no, you just, you just need to educate yourself. You just need to keep going, yep. make that decision and go for it. Yeah. I love that. So how do people get started with you on this kind of path? Do you have like a free gift or some way that they connect in with your, to get an idea of your medicine here? Absolutely. I do. In fact, um, we just recently opened up the entire first module of my award-winning Get Your Book Done program for free. It's the most important Whoa. module of the training. You'll see me. I'll go through these four core questions. I just gave you the first one. There's three more and there's multiple exercises um, in that first module that will help you really begin to lay a solid foundation upon which and through which you can write your very best transformational book. And it's available. You just go to freebookwritinghelp.com. Um, should be easy to remember, freebookwritinghelp.com because it's free and it's book writing help. So you can head over there and you'll see the information to just get access to that whole first module sort of on a you know trial base. You don't have to put in credit card kind of trial. Just go check it out if you like it. You know, you'll get some emails in terms of how to take the next step if you want the full curriculum. But that first module, I assure you, is going to get you breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough um, around clarity and confidence for your book. So please do go check it out and you'll see me on the other side because it's all awesome. videos. So you get a lot more of me and action guides and all sorts of good stuff. So um, that's the best place to start. Beautiful. So everybody head over there and definitely at least, I mean, it's free. Go get the first module, start doing it, uh, invest in yourself, commit to yourself. And uh, don't forget to like and share this episode out. I know so many of you have been giving me so many great ratings on iTunes. I so appreciate you for doing that. Thank you so much for putting those out there. It really helps us elevate in the rankings so more people hear these messages. And I think these are the kind of messages that people really need right now. So I would love for you to share it out and to like and on subscribe and everywhere you can and give us a rating on iTunes. And I want to give you guys kisses because it's the end of the show. And if you want to help me, Christine, we always give kisses at the end of the show. We send up, give our love. So here it comes, everybody. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show, Christine. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Be inspired. Go check out that stuff on Christine's website. And we'll see you next week on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, Visit soulnectar.show. Soul.